uh, starting on Monday, January 2nd. Now, I didn't do it on January 1st because I know many of us on January 1st really like to overindulge in eating. I'm talking about myself. But I'm going to tell you right now, and you're going to hear me talk about this more and more, but starting January 2nd of 2012, we're going to go on a 21-day fast right here in the church. And some of you say, crud, Pastor, I, I've never fasted in my life. I understand that. We're going to teach on that. And listen, I'm going to teach some things that will show you you got to do something, okay? Whether that's fast in a meal, whether that's fast in a day. Uh, uh, the, the Daniel fast, which can be known as the sunrise to sunset fast. Some of you will go on a 21-day fast. I know people in here who have. I know different ones who fast uh, numerous times. I know Matt Robinson's fast. Andy Norris fasts a bunch. I know, I mean, people fast a lot. And so, we're going to teach on this. Now, here's the prayer. If you'll study Isaiah 58, it will talk about what fasting and prayer does. I'm telling you, it breaks some things loose in the spirit realm. How many of you have really believed God for something or you're really looking for a breakthrough? I'm going to tell you guys, when we begin to fast and pray, and we're going to do it as a church, and I believe we do it as a church, one will put a thousand, two will put ten thousand. I'm going to tell you, when we all begin to get a hold of this, you know what I believe is going to happen? I believe miracles are going to break forth. Healings are going to break forth. There's going to be restoration and break forth. And so, begin to start planning on that, okay? Even if you've never fasted. You know, some people will say, well, I've never fasted, but I'll go on a 21-day fast. Well, you know what's going to happen? You're going to break the 12th commandment. Thou shalt not kid thyself. I'm going to tell you, if you've never fasted, oh my gosh. Those first few days, you're, you feel like you're going to die. You look like you're going to die. You act like you're dying. And then you think, I wish I died. But something happens, guys, I promise you, okay? So that's going on. Listen, here's another date that I want to throw out. On Sunday night, uh, July 22nd, we are going to show the movie right here in this auditorium on this big screen. We're going to show the movie Courageous. I don't know if you haven't seen it. It is incredible for men, women. I want your children to see it. It is going to be an awesome night. But off of that movie is going to be a connect group that's going to start that, that Matt Robinson and Matt Bullen are going to kind of head up. And so uh, it's going to challenge us as a church. It's going to challenge us as men to rise up, okay? Also in early January... Pastor Daniel and Stella over here, raise your hand guys so they see you. They are going to begin to teach a, a class on discipleship. Now this is, this is elementaries of Christianity. I'm going to tell you guys, it's going to be powerful, okay? So there's a lot that's going to start going down in 2012. It's going to be good. I, I, man, I get so excited about a new year. I'm not done on 2011 though. Don't give up on, man, keep praying. But here's what I sense again. We gotta hit 2012 running. What do you mean by that, man? We gotta be on all cylinders, okay? Now, tonight let's start in the book of Romans chapter one. And this week and next week, I'm just gonna encourage you some, in some areas that God's really put on my heart. Let's jump into all God has for us, okay? How many of you could honestly say, I live beneath what Jesus died for me to have? 
I, I believe that's probably every one of us. I believe that's every one of us. That Jesus paid a huge price for every one of us in this room. And so we got to learn to go ahead and, and receive what he did for us. So that's what I'm talking about. Let's jump into everything God has for us through his son. And I must begin to order my life according to the word of God. What do you mean by that? My life must match up with the word of God. The word of God is the blueprint, okay? My way I obey the blueprint is the execution of the game plan, okay? See, you can know the Word of God, but if you never apply it or do it, it doesn't do us no good. And so i got to order my life by the Word of God, because if I don't, life will order me. How many of you had life order you? What do you mean by that? Well, life starts telling you what to do. If I don't let the Word of God direct me, this is what happens. Now, Romans chapter 1. Let's just start in, let's just start in verse 1. Romans 1, 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with the power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Now, Verse 5, through him, through him. Now, we got to understand this, guys. We must begin to learn to live our lives through him. The number one part of that is salvation. When you get born again, the only way you, you can get born again is through Jesus. But once you get born again through Jesus, I must start seeing the scripture that I'm to live my life through him. So he says here, through Him, we have received. Now, I want to highlight something here. We have received. It did not say we have earned. We have received. Now, think about this just for a little bit. How did you receive salvation? You didn't run around the church 22 times and then you were saved. You didn't do 100 Hail Marys and then you were saved. You weren't a good boy or girl for week no. How did you get saved? You believed with your heart and you confessed with your mouth. So, every time we receive in the New Testament, we must receive that by faith. In other words, we find what the Scriptures say and then we say, Father God, I believe that. And part of believing is you begin to speak it. See, you don't get saved just by believing that Jesus is the Son of God. You get saved by believing and then confessing out of your mouth, I thank you, Father God, right now that I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. This is how we receive the things of God in the New Testament. Some people will say, well, I get tired of that faith stuff. Well, you better not. Because Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So we're going to have to learn to live by faith. And so the way you learn to live by you just start receiving. So I thank you, Father God. I think I receive your healing today, Lord Jesus. I receive your empowering today. I receive your love today. Now remember, how do we do that? Through Him. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Him. So what do we receive? Well, look what it says. That we have received grace. And grace is unmerited favor. Every one of us, oh, we ought to thank God for His grace every day. That ought to come out of your mouth there. And I'm not talking about when you say grace. 
See, a lot of times we get attention when we start eating. But grace is, Father, God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your unmerited favor. You know what that means? I don't deserve it, but he gives it to me anyhow. And then the second thing, he says, grace and apostleship. Now, when I look at the word apostleship, you know what that tells me? Everything that Jesus died for me, it is for me, but Jesus doesn't want us to be selfish with it. He wants us to tell everybody else to say, man, God loves you. God, he, he wants to save you. So we see these things. Now look at the next thing. That we have received grace and apostleship for obedience. For obedience. Now I'm going to highlight that word. Because two words keep coming up in my spirit every time I start praying about 2012. And you know what the two words are? One is obedience. Two is discipline or discipleship. Now, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hear me talk about this, guys, because I really believe with all my heart, 2012 will be a year. You better learn to become extremely obedient to the Word of God. Become disciplined. What do you mean by discipline? Well, i got to become obedient to the Scriptures, but i got to discipline myself where I get in the Word, I pray. I, I look at discipline in so many areas. Now, don't throw rocks at me or don't try to stone me. I'm not going to say anybody's name. But if the shoe fits, then wear it. You can either say amen or on me. But I'm going to tell you another thing, guys, that we need some discipline in with our, our as believers is with our physical bodies. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, I heard this the other night that 37, 37% of Americans right now are obese. And I thought, man, Lord, we got to teach on this, guys. You know why we need to teach on it? Number one, if, if you don't get your body under control, you're going to be sick and you're going to die prematurely. And if you die prematurely, you know what that means? I'm going to have to be doing your funeral. Now, I'm not against that, but I'd rather you hang out for a while. I like you guys. But see, i got to begin to discipline myself. You know, my, my mom and dad are about 75-ish. And I was around them last week, and I'm going to tell you, they, they exercise incredibly. My mom was on that bike just rolling. I mean, she, she works her spirit man out in her body. She's praying in other tongues and pedaling as fast as she can. Uh, and there my dad is, man. He's going at it. And I look at him, and, and you can't believe how they eat. Incredibly. My dad has been juicing for 25 years. And he gets up every morning, and that's how you wake up. You hear that, man, he's got carrots, he's got, you can't believe this. And he said to me, you want a glass? And I said, no, I don't want any of that. I want none of it. Now, Shelly will drink it. But I look and I think, there is a price for living long. It's being disciplined. A second area, guys, and I believe this is big for a lot of you is to become disciplined even in your finances. Where I can't just live for the moment. i got to live not only for today, but tomorrow, but even the future. And these are things that I really believe that the Lord's going to get our attention on. So He tells us here, For obedience to the faith among all nations for His name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Now, I like that because it says, whom you are, me, 
We're the called of Jesus Christ. Listen what the Amplified says there. It said, we are called to Jesus and invited just as you are. So when you give your heart to Jesus, you don't have to say this. And I used to say this. Well, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit doing all those things I used to do before I give my heart to Jesus. No. Jesus will receive you just as you are. Now here's the thing you got to understand about that. He will receive you just as you are. But He does not want you staying the way you are. In other words, we got to start growing. we got to start having some fruit in our life. And, and that means growth in our behavior, our actions, our patience, our love. Every area of our life. And I like to do this at the end of the year. And this may help you guys. But I like to reflect back on, on this past year, which would be 2011. And I have to ask myself this question. Have you grown? Have you grown in, in, in your walk with God? Have you grown in, in the way you... Have you grown? And I'm going to be honest with you guys. There's some areas in my life I look and I think, I hadn't grown like I should have. But there are other areas. Now, just because I failed some things doesn't mean I quit. Keep reading. Verse 7. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be the saints. Now, the Amplified there says, called to be saints, designated for a consecrated life. You know what the word consecrated means? It means perfect or perfected. We are called to be perfected. And what I found out about this thing called the walk with the Lord, this isn't just a Sunday morning thing, guys. This is a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It is an every day of my life walk. And I believe this is what the Lord's wanting us to do, to begin to say, Father God, I'm called of you, and I'm going to live every day for you. Now go with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Not Romans, Matthew 5, excuse me. Matthew 5. You know, here's one thing I'd encourage you to do. Is I'd, I'd encourage you to celebrate your progression. When you've grown in areas, I'd celebrate. I'd thank God I'm growing in that area. I'm growing in that area. And there's areas in my life I can tell I've grown at in this, this year. And so we ought to celebrate those things. Now look at another area, just here briefly, that I want to show us that we're to grow in. Matthew 5, begin with me in verse 43. Jesus talking here, and he says, you have, heard it say, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Ooh, this is, I'm telling you, this is, this is some stuff that will get your attention. When I read, every time I read this, you know what happens? It's like the Lord grabs me by the ears. Now, how are we to love our enemies? Look what he says. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Don't even the tax collectors or the sinners do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? 
Therefore, you shall be... Uh-oh, looky there. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, I want you to understand here, the emphasis in the command to be perfect is not a flawless moral character or moral uh, uh, thought. It's not for us to be flawless. It's not what he's talking about here. But he is talking about that we ought to have an all-inclusive love for other people. Now, I like what he says here, the word perfect here. And, and, and when I look at that, the Amplified says it this way. To grow into complete maturity of godliness in mind and in character. Now, what are we supposed to do to be perfected or perfect? We're to grow into complete maturity of godliness in mind and character. Now, for me to be perfected, you know what that means? I'm going to learn to have to be disciplined in my life. I'm going to have to learn some obedience, and it comes through the Scripture. And I was thinking about this today. When people join the military, when they join the army, what is their first assignment? Boot camp. Oh, happy day. Now, what happens at boot camp? They learn some structure. They learn some uh, uh, obedience. They learn some discipline. That takes them right through it. You know, Andy Norris's daughter, uh, Becca, just joined the military not long ago. And I'm telling you, I got so blessed when he started telling me all that she, how she was now. I mean, when she came under that discipline, man, her life began to change. Well, see, that's the same as us. When we allow the Lord to discipline us and we, we live in obedience to His Scripture, I'm going to tell you, God's going to begin to move in our life. He's going to begin to change us. That's where we are on the road to being perfected. When you say, okay, Father God, help me. Help me now. Go with me to the book of Philippians, chapter number 3. Chapter number 3. Just think right now in the areas of your life that you say, I know I could do a lot better in that area. I know I could do a lot better in this area. Philippians 3. Verse 12, and this is the Apostle Paul talking here. And he said, not that have I have already attained, or am I already perfected. Do you hear what he's saying here? I haven't already attained, or I'm not already perfected. But listen to what he says, but I press on. I press on. In other words, Paul said, I hadn't arrived yet, but you know what? I'm on my way. And I believe this is what the Lord wants each one of us to do. We just keep pressing on. We keep, you know, Proverbs 24, 7 says that, that a righteous man will fall seven times and he'll get back up. We keep pressing on. Don't quit. Just keep pressing on, like he said. And so he said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or laid hold of it. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. Some of us, we got to get past our past. Some of us, we live in the rear view mirror of, of, of life. And when you keep living in your past, you know what it's going to do? It's going to handicap your future. Paul said, one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind. And I keep moving this way. You know, this, this may be a simple statement. But yesterday's over, 
Tomorrow's not here. So all I've got is today. I can't change anything about yesterday. Yesterday's history now, okay? And so this is what I believe the Apostle Paul is doing right here. He's encouraging us. And if you'll notice something here, in verses 12, 13, and look here in verse 14, he said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I press toward it. If you'll notice in those three verses, how many times the Apostle Paul said, I... I. And you know what he's telling me right there? Take responsibility for your life. Start taking. I press on. And you can go back and read every one of those because it's very easy for us as human beings to pass blame onto everybody else. But I look at Paul and I think he's saying, I'm going to press on. This is what I'm going to do. Now, when we talk about pressing on here, you've got to understand, this is in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants to empower you. But you know what I found out about the Holy Spirit? He won't read the Bible for me. I've got to take time to read the Bible. The Holy Spirit will not pray for me. I've got to learn to pray, and then He'll assist me in every one of those areas. And so this is what we've got to do. We got to begin to look at the scriptures and see what it says here. And then say, I press on. I press on. And I would encourage you for 2012 to begin to set goals, and I mean set them high. Set them high and say, This is what's going to happen. Start speaking your expectation to 2012. Now go back a book to Philippians 2. Philippians 2, and this is a familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to read it to you. Verse 12. Philippians 2 and 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. And so you know what he's telling them? You guys made the decision that you're going to obey God whether I'm around or not. And that's how each one of us got to get to that point. I'm going to obey God. Look what he goes on to say. Working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, when we see working out our own salvation, you can't, you can't be saved by acts, by works. You can only be saved by, by receiving Jesus. But when it says, work out my salvation... He's talking about the way I live. It should reflect me as a believer. So work out your salvation in your lifestyle. Work out your salvation in your character. You know how your character is revealed? In the way you obey. And so these are things that we must begin to work at. In other words, don't get your who mixed up with your do. Who you are is based on Jesus. What I do is a result of my heart that says, Father God, I want to live for you. I want to please you. Now, I like that passage right there. It says, work out your salvation. It's kind of like that in the natural. You know what? You can walk by your treadmill every day and never get on that thing. And you'll never lose a, a, a pound or a calorie. None of that. And this is the same with the Word of God. Many times, you know what I see with believers? We know the Word of God. We just don't do it. We don't apply it. And so he's telling here, work out your salvation. 
Get with it. Give it. Pick up the pace. Verse 13. For it is God, once again is grace, who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Ooh, this is good right here. Do all things without complaining and disputing. So when I begin to look at these things, guys, i got to understand I play a huge part in this. How I work out my salvation. Now, here's an area that I, I want to show you that I, I believe besides being born again, this is the next biggest step you can take. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you that right now. Now, don't turn me off right now, okay? The Holy Spirit is mentioned all through the New Testament. It's what Jesus said in Acts 1-4. He said to His disciples, I command you to be filled with the Spirit. He said in Acts 1-8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. You look throughout the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, it says that Jesus of Nazareth, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus Himself was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I don't know why we get off on thinking the Holy Spirit is... He's like Casper the Friendly Ghost. He's not. He's not. And so I want you to look just at a couple scriptures here. And, and the reason I want you to see this is because the Holy Spirit wants to help us. Look in John, the book of John. John 14. And I want to look at just a couple passages that are real close here together. And this is going to show you some things about... The Holy Spirit wants to help you in your obedience. John 14. Look at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, obey me. Now this is Jesus' word. So Jesus is telling here, one way that you show Jesus you love Him is the way you obey Him. Now look at the very next thing Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper. One besides me. This is what Jesus is saying. Into addition to me, the Holy Spirit does everything that Jesus would do, except the Holy Spirit can do it in the physical realm. Think about Jesus when He was here in the physical realm. He could only be one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit. God said, I'll put my Spirit within all of you. And so... Right here, he says, I'm going to send you another helper. Now, think about the, the verse right before that. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Then he says, I'm going to send you another helper. I believe this, that the Holy Spirit is there to help us walk out the obedience to Father God. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've tried things in my life. I've tried things in my own ability, and I couldn't achieve them. But when I begin to say this, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my day. I welcome you into my heart. I welcome you into my marriage. I welcome you into my home. I'm going to tell you, when I give him that invitation, something begins to happen. Now keep reading here. Verse, I'll just finish that verse. And I'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. You know what that tells me? The only ones that can receive the Holy Ghost are the ones that are born again. That's the only prerequisite I see for believers to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to be born again. But if you're born again, if you've given your heart to Jesus, what an invitation to have Father God live on the inside of me. 
Do you know Romans 8, 14 says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God? Those who are led by the Spirit of God. The only way I can be led by Him is, man, i got to hang out with Him. i got to get where I understand Him. Then, verse 17, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Now, skip over right there to John 15, verse 26. If you'll notice here, Jesus' words again. But when the Helper... Oh, I like that. When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. Now, you know what He's going to help you do? He's going to help you fulfill Father God's will for your life. Even in general ways. Even in guidance here. Every area of my life. Now... This is how, and I'm going to end with this tonight. This is how the Holy Spirit will lead me. And I believe He'll probably lead every one of us in this room that way. I like to call it, when you were growing up, you played red light, green light. Well, that's exactly what the Holy Ghost does with me. What is green light? Well, when I begin to pray or I ask the Holy Spirit to help me, green light is a peace that comes in. And I can say this, and I've done this, guys. When I go to buy a car, I'll say to the Holy Ghost, I need your help here. I need you. I want to trust you. Why? He's the Spirit of God. He knows everything. And so I say, Holy Ghost, I want you to speak to me. Now, when I get a green light, you know what's going to happen to me? There's going to be a peace that comes in my heart. I know there's a peace. And when I sense His peace, you know what I mean? Ooh, that's green light. That means green. That's go. Let's go. But when I ask Him to help me and I get a red light, you know what will happen on the inside of you? You'll begin to get a yuck from him. What do you mean a yuck? You just feel like, this isn't right. This isn't right. Well, what's a yellow light? Well, the Holy Ghost doesn't deal in yellow lights. Yellow light means yield. And I'm going to tell you right now, you run enough yellow lights in your life, you're going to wreck. The Holy Ghost will lead you by green and red if you'll give him that opportunity. I'm going to end with this real quick. Years ago, we had, we had saved our money and we had put our home on the market for sale. And I'm going to tell you, it sold. And man, pastor, he made a killing. He's like, yes. I mean, it was awesome. And so I was going to buy Shelly a new home. Well, they were building these new homes and they were building them up on this dirt. They built them up because they were in a flood zone. And so the, the realtor we were using there in Clovis, she loved God. She went to the church. So we went over to this house several times and... Shelly would tell me, I love this house. I like this house. Now, every time I'd go in there, you know what I'd get? Yuck. Yuck. And so, it wasn't because I didn't like the house. And so, her and the realtor, they go back over there on a Sunday, and the realtor says, let's write out an offer today. And Shelly says, yes, let's do it. I go into the back room, and I get yuck. And so, you know what? In my mind is... I don't want to be the party pooper. I don't want to break her heart. So I go out there. And I looked at Shelly and I looked at the lady named Verdell and I said, listen. I'm not against buying Shelly a home. I'm just against us buying this one. I said, guys, I get a yuck in my heart. So I went home and I told Shelly, I said, I'm not going to buy that until I get peace in my heart. Now, this is how good the Holy Ghost is. We didn't buy that house. But somebody else did. Two years later, there was five of those houses 
that ground began to settle. They didn't have little cracks in their slab. They had massive ones. And you know what I went around? I went around skipping and said, Oh, I thank God I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. He made me look like a genius. But see, I'm just giving... This is everyday life. And so it must become a pull on you that if you're having struggles in your life in areas of obedience, man, begin to ask the Holy Spirit to, Ooh, come inside me, Holy Ghost. Come in here and help me. I, I, ooh, I better quit. I did a funeral today. And it didn't go well. Not, not because just some situations arrived. And I'm going to tell you guys, I got, I got so mad at this funeral home. You got mad? Absolutely I got mad. I mean, I got, I got mad where I thought, if that funeral director comes over here, I'm, I, I may knock his teeth out. I was that mad, guys. He did some things that was so dishonoring. And man, it bothered me. Thank God I had the other voice of the Holy Spirit, my wife, with me. She kept saying, just let it go. Just let it go. I said, yes, dear. But anyhow, I, I just had, and that happened at the, the funeral home, and then I had to go do a gravesite. And finally, I just on the way over there, I said, Holy Ghost, you've got to help me here. you just got to help me, and you wouldn't believe how he did it. It ended incredible. They were all hugging on me and just... I thought only the Holy Ghost can do that stuff. Stand on your feet for you guys.